Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, depending on where you are in this amazing country of Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle, how are you today? I am great today, but I don't know what day it is. <laughs> The general confusion you experience? General confusion, yes. <laughs> and the reason for that is because normally I announce the what day it is. I, mm-hmm. I would normally announce it is Monday the 9th of July, but it is not Monday the 9th of July because you are listening to the delayed broadcast. Yeah, and I usually talk about what the weather's going to be today, but I can't because I have no idea what day they're listening to this show. <laughs> Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe we just do the weather and just see how see many confused right. people we get calling up. <laughs> we're expecting hail and snow. No, we're kidding. <laughs> this is indeed the late broadcast introduction. But don't fret. You can actually jump across to the live show. Exactly the same time that you're listening to this, there is a live show happening and you can jump across to it and then be up to date with the weather and the date and all that kind of information. Um, there's two ways to get there. The first one is just to go to our website faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream. Or you can go to the your app store on your mobile device, grab the TuneIn app, make sure you get the free version when it comes up and says, do you want a two-month trial or a one-month trial? Just push the X in the top right-hand corner and it will work for free. Which is the best way to do it. That's how I do it. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. And it works through your aux cord. It works through your Bluetooth. works in your pocket. It works in the car. works everywhere on the planet. It's amazing. I That's love right. it. Absolutely. Listen to it in America while I was over there. Plan to listen to it in Europe next time I go to Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, jump on and uh, get with the new technology. Yeah, I love that stuff. We have a great show coming up for you today. We know this because, like we just said, we've already done the show. (laughs) And uh, we have some wonderful guests coming in. We do. Two literature evangelists Mm, are going to tell us. Or porters, as they might be called. Oh, man, that's an old word. Yeah, it is too. Good word, though. Yeah, they're sharing a wonderful um, slew of testimonies, really heartening testimonies. We have Mm -hmm. some good news, some cute news. We have some... uh, You always have cute news. I know, but I love cute stuff. I'm a girl, you know. We yeah, have some serious have, stuff to, to discuss. A, I need to have a man segment here on Faith FM. <laughs> you should have a man show on, on Faith FM, not during the breakfast show, but yeah. like, you know. Talk about man stuff. Like tools? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm all for that. I'm all for it. Absolutely. I think yeah. that'd be great. Maybe Talk about I'll- men's creativity. Yeah. Well, we actually have a story about men's creativity um, during our good news segment about a neighbour who yeah, saved yeah, his, his neighbour's life. Yeah, using uh, his, tinkering that he'd he done. He saved his neighbour's life with his lawnmower. With his lawnmower, believe it or not. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to talk about smoking and yes. um, some dangers of smoking and how to get rid of it out of Australia. Mm. All this and more coming up. Stay tuned. So we- 
It was all sons and daughters with Wake Up here on Faith FM. So hopefully you're all wide awake now, Mon. Yeah, well, you know, jury's still out on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. Monday's the best day of the week. Because <laughs> it, it the whole it is week really is in front of us and it has lots of possibilities for good things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you and some of those good things. things. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Uh, actually, before I do, let me hit you with a quiz. This will help wake your Monday brains up, get the, <sighs> get the brain juices flowing, trying to figure out the answer to this quiz. It's actually pretty hard because I've already put two clues up on our Instagram. Our Insta handle is faithfmlive if you want to check them out. Last week, one of our prize winners did go on Instagram and got a jump start on the clues. I've already put two clues up on our Insta story and Lyle, who heard them, doesn't know the answer. So if you call us and you have the answer correct, we will give you double prizes. That's the, that's the standard If you can now. figure it out before I do. If you can figure it out before Lyle, it's two prizes. This is a what number am I quiz. And the first clue is the chapter in Nehemiah that records the completion of the wall around Jerusalem. Well, it's not chapter one and it's not chapter 13. I know that. <laughs> it's going to be one so in it's between. It's going to be one of, the, one of the numbers in between there. If you know the answer, give us a call 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843, and call us fast. I really just want someone one day to get it before Lyle does. That's like my dream. Those are, those are goals for me, radio goals. Someone get the quiz before Lyle. Indeed, go to Faith FM Live on Instagram. Watch our Insta story. You can get the second clue already. You just want to humiliate me on air, don't you? Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Let me tell you some really, really cool news, Lyle. There's been a right. bunch of good news coming out over the week, and I'm so excited about it. Okay, so you and I, like, we both, you know, we like our history. We're a little bit geeky about that kind of stuff, um, especially you in particular. There's nothing geeky about history. History no, is just look, awesome. It's the best. Geeky is cool now. We're, geeky is like a good word. Okay. It's no, no longer like, you know, yeah. like uncool. Okay, did you know, mm. right, the U.S. National Archives hosts sleepovers and you can you can sleep in that, that rotunda where the Declaration okay, of Independence is. That is definitely geeky. The, the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights are displayed and you can sleep right next to them. Yeah, that's geeky. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> See, history is not geeky. History is something that everybody should have a good grasp of. It should be just like normal. That's true. But sleeping beside the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, that's just Well, that's it's, it's like a big sleepover and it, it, it is for kids. But the kids can bring one adult. <laughs> I'm really hoping one day to be one of those adults. <laughs> and uh, So, so, so the, why, explain, explain to me why do you want to sleep next to the United States Declaration it's not so much, of Independence? It's not so much sleeping next Wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, yeah, it's still there. Wake <laughs> up again. Oh, I'm sleeping next I'm gonna to that. I'm going to steal it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not so it much. a movie about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Two of them. It's not so much about sleeping next to the Declaration of Independence, but just so much sleeping in that, that, that awe-inspiring rotunda. Like, it's a cool room filled with amazing history. And to say you got to, like, stay over there is really cool. So, they allow 100 children um, and they bring one parent. And then they have, like, they have like planned sort of historical event um, if you were really If you really want to sleep in an awe-inspiring place under an awe-inspiring rotunda, mm. I can arrange that for you. Oh, yeah? And it's going to be way cooler than that one. Tell me everything. And it's free. Okay, this is going to be really silly, isn't yeah. it? Sleep under the Milky Way. <laughs> I know. That's an awe-inspiring I've rotunda done it, right done it, there. done it. See, I've, I've moved on because I've done that several hundred times. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we, with this- Several hundred Look, I'm a pathfinder, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I and I did I probably no, probably would be more than a couple of hundred because I did sleep outside um in a in a in a uh, in a swag okay for almost a whole year yeah yeah true because I like fresh air yep. yeah I loved and it you were homeless 
I was not homeless. <laughs> I was living in a house with 11 other girls. <laughs> Outdoors was the best air. Anyway, so these kids can do um, historical activities like riding with a quill pen and that kind of stuff. And then they roll out their sleeping bags and then they, then they sleep in the National History, um, <clears throat> Historic National Archives Rotunda. And, uh, and apparently this is very popular and the demand for tickets is so high that they've had to do it um, multiple times throughout the year after the, their first uh, testing. And uh, just people come from all over the world apparently to come and do this. And in the morning they enjoy a breakfast of pancakes and then they have more activities the next day. Oh, wow. Imagine going into the National Archives and the whole place smells like pancakes. I know. I know. <laughs> like what was going on here last pancakes night? Pancakes and independence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, and uh, the uh, That's why the Americans wanted independence. Now I get it. Yeah, the director so of they the can make pancakes. the director of the uh, of the institute there. He was like, "Yeah, top that Smithsonian." <laughs> 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 uh, and there's a really cool video. I'm gonna put that up on in, um on our socials because it is really cool. I think it's important, you know. Like you said before, history shouldn't just be for geeks. It should everyone should know their history, and I think this is a way to get kids excited about history. Yeah, is to get them in touch mm-hmm. with it. Yep. So I think this is a really positive move. Um, <clears throat> so now, if you could go and sleep in the Smithsonian, that would be worthwhile. You know? oh, I could I, say, "Hey, I just slept in the space shuttle or something or other." Mm, you know, that would be uh, th- yeah, that would absolutely. be bragging rights. That I'd, would definitely be bragging I'd sleep rights. In all the, have you ever slept in like a, a like a, a strange place like that? I have to think about that. I'll get back to you on it. Let I me, have. Let me think about it. Okay, where have you slept? At college, um, a friend and I, we snuck in to know we were in the library, in the college library, and then as closing time came, we hid amongst the archives, and then they, you know, then they locked the doors on us, right, and then we had to wait until the cleaners were done, and then we spent the night running around the library. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we also got caught because we couldn't stay awake. <laughs> so right about five a.m., I think we we sort of nodded off, sitting on these beanbags, watching the sunrise, and then we fell like deep asleep, and then the Liberian came in that that morning and caught us sleeping, but we snuck out and uh, and we thought we'd got away with it. And then I had to go back to the library that day to collect the things that I'd left. And I remember walking in the door of the library. The Liberian looks up, and that flash of recognition and shock went across her face. And I was like, Dana, I've been had. <laughs> I should have just left my stuff and come back tomorrow when the memories even further from her mind. Yeah. Anyway. Some amazing news coming out of uh, a storm um, that happened in Iowa. Uh, they had a massive storm in um, the town in their town in Iowa, and the, the storm knocked the power out. And uh, this was not good because uh, a gentleman called Harold McClure. Uh, he has to be hooked up to his oxygen tanks 24 hours a day. Mm. And, uh, and when his house lost electricity, his tanks had only enough power to last for a few hours. Um, but thankfully and blessedly, his neighbor, a guy called Joe Gazelle, is a tinkerer. And uh, a few years ago, Joe had created a contraption that generated electricity when attached to a lawnmower. Oh, You've got to be and, kidding. And I kid you not, after being untouched for almost half a decade, the inventor dug out this device and started it up and it ran like a charm and provided emergency power for his neighbour. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so it, a lawnmower generator. Yeah, like this basement inventor uses this long buried device to help his neighbour breathe during a power outage. How cool is that? That's very cool. That's just awesome. I love that story. That's the kind of thing that I, I, yeah. I could totally get into. I could see myself building something like that and... Yeah, and then just storing yeah. it for the next <laughs> yeah. quarter of a century. I have things at home that I've been storing for a quarter of a century. I always love it when I pull one out and I use it. I'm like, yeah, I've had this from when I was 18 and now I'm <laughs> going to use it. It is, Yeah, I, I love a good tinkerer and um, actually reminds me, the, the guys, uh, some of my friends came over yesterday and they promised that they would fix my, my treadmill because it's busted. I'm not sure if I've tested it yet. 
Um, but this guy actually, he said that the lawnmower is now sitting outside um, next to his neighbor's house and, uh, and all the oxygen tanks are being filled. So they filled back up for him. And then this is the coolest story ever. Get this right. Mm-hmm. A police officer finally fulfilled a dream that he's had for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the best pun. They have been dreaming about purchasing their own ice cream truck so they can give away ice cream to the community. Mm. They finally purchased their ice cream truck and they now are giving away free copsicles. (laughs) 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 So thanks to it. Thanks to the donations uh, from community members and local businesses, the um, the county cops uh, now volunteer their free time with Operation Copsicle, and uh, and they Copsicle. Tr- that's that's kind of like a new word. That's almost as good as your new word from last week. Yeah, yeah. Which I did got congratulated about uh, the, over the, the weekend. Yeah, the, yeah. One of our listeners, uh, I met one of our listeners, and he was like, "I really like your new word." <laughs> I was like, "Feel free to use it." <laughs> <laughs> well, how often can we use it today? I mean, and a possible. How many possibles are there? How many people are there around who have actually met Jesus Christ face to face? Now, I think we just have to decide what the definition of an apostle is. Okay, yeah, and well, so an apostle is somebody that's possible to become an apostle. Okay, yeah, well, by meeting Jesus Christ, we're all apostles. Then we can all meet Jesus. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, before <laughs> the second coming. Well, because that I makes mean, it extra special. Well, it's true. It's true. Do you think Jesus would appear to someone now before he came? Why not? Why not? So it it is true. Well, we used to. We well, he did to the Apostle Paul. So why couldn't he? And we to that means we could still all be apostles. Ah, uh, okay. Have, so it's possible that okay. It's possible mm-hmm. to be an apostle. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna put some of those stories up on our uh, social media so you can check out the the popsicle giving out their popsicles and uh, and of course the um. Oh, excuse me. The map. So this is Matt Menicus featuring Clint McCoy. Take me into the Holy of Holies. Take me past the outer courts into the holy place, past the brazen altar. Lord, I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people And the priests who sing your praise I hunger and thirst for your righteousness And it's only found one place Take me into the holy of Sing your 
praise I hunger and thirst for your righteousness And it's only found one place Take me Welcome back, everybody. That was Matt and Josie Minigus right here with Take Me Into the Holy of Holies. And Mon, did you know Hmm? that with smoking, I just did a survey, Australia did a survey of 2,000 uh, both smokers and non-smokers between the ages of 18 to 69, and 50% of them have no idea of most of the risks associated with smoking. What? Yeah. How come I don't have any idea? It's been such a huge campaign to educate people on the dangers of smoking. Okay, so eight out of t- eight, eight. Sorry, let me start that again. Eight out of ten understand that it causes lung cancer and throat cancer, emphysema, and heart disease, because those are the ones that have been advertised on the smoking packages on the boxes. Yeah. And of course, um, the other two in ten would be you know recent immigrants and that kind of uh, situation, uh, because obviously a lot of people overseas smoke. But when it comes to the rest of all of the different diseases and health problems caused by smoking, 50% of the smokers had no idea. Wow. No idea that, that, that these things were caused. And so these are some of the things that um, have been highlighted since 2014 by the Surgeon General's report, with the updated version one, which was only updated after about 50 years. Uh, but that smoking causes diabetes, infertility, erectile dysfunction, blindness, ectopic pregnancy, miscarriage, arthritis, stomach cancer, pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, kidney cancer, peptic cancer, bladder cancer, and blood cancer or leukemia. Um, And so it seems that at least half of all smokers have no idea about these other health problems that are caused by smoking. I uh, I feel like there's there's nothing, like everything that can be negatively affected in the body is affected negatively by smoking. Yes, smoking affects, smoking negatively affects Every organ like of the body. Like 100%. Like 100% of the body. Every organ of the body um, is being killed off by smoking. There's not a single good thing it's doing for you. And I genuinely believe that um, we need to have something uh, a bit uh, stricter. I think that if people want to start smoking um, or if they want to continue smoking, when they, you know when they go to Woolies or wherever they go to buy their cigarettes and they ask for their cigarettes, I think they need to produce a certificate that they've received from their doctor saying that the doctor has explained to them in detail everything that's going to happen to their body when they start smoking. Yeah. I think everyone needs to carry one of those certs. certificate. Yeah, saying, proving that they, they, they have had a lecture, like a several hour lecture with PowerPoint and slides and videos where a doctor and, and breaks it, it down. And they pay for it. And they pay for it. And the doctor breaks it down and because tells the them exactly how it's going to happen. So and, the profits, just, and the profits should be turned back into um, helping those people yeah. who choose to continue smoking to die. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen <laughs> exactly. to them. Exactly. Yeah. And then. Because we, we're the ones who pay for other people, it's for, true. For, for smokers to it's die. It's true. And uh, because, you know, otherwise we're just relying on the education that's printed on these boxes or printed on billboards. And, you know, 
as much as they as good they are doing, which they are, mm. the, the oh yeah, absolutely, dramatically decrease. People can still turn a blind eye or still ignore it, or like you just pointed out, not know the the incredible depths of the damage done. Yeah, and so what they're talking about doing is increasing the advertising on the on the smoking packaging to include all of these other diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is a good thing. There is anything that is anything that is against smoking, and this is one of the you know this is one of the great reasons about being an, a Seventh Day Adventist, mm-hmm. because uh, since the eighteen sixties, Seventh Day Adventist, Seventh Day Adventists have been um, saying that smoking kills you because we've yep. had a very um, a, a leading role really in promoting health mm-hmm. and a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. um, and lifestyle medicine. And and so we've been promoting that since the 1860s, mm. and of course, you know, even even in the early 1920s and so forth, you know, though smoking was being prescribed by doctors, and and you know, even athletes would smoke to stimulate their lungs and this kind of thing when they went into the Olympics. Wow. Um, and uh, it wasn't until a hundred years later that the Surgeon General even gave a hint that there was anything wrong with smoking. So yeah, we've been we we can pat ourselves on the shoulder for this one for being well ahead of the times. However, getting back to the warnings, and they talk about increasing the warnings to include all of these other diseases that are caused by smoking. But they found that when the warnings began, it was effective, and it wiped out smoking amongst white middle class. Oh, okay. Um, because basically, it promoted smoking as uh, uh, a filthy, disease-ridden pastime, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so for people who were Concerned about their image, yeah. Mm-hmm. They stopped, yeah. Um, and also, you know, people that were concerned about their health, yeah. Um, and who valued their life, yeah. I remember, I remember ad campaigns coming out when I was a teenager, and they were all geared at, um, you know, youngins. And there was this ad where this chick walks into a bathroom and she sees another chick, you know, applying makeup, and she's like, "Oh, how is your skin so amazing? Your skin's so beautiful." And she's like, "Well, I don't smoke these," and like, yeah, points out the other chick is smoking. And so it's all about you know beauty and skin. Oh, absolutely, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, smoking will add ten years to your skin by mm. the and your age by the time that you've you know you've reached thirty. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking like a forty year old. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem. Mm. With that ad campaign, it didn't hit um, the lower socioeconomical mm-hmm. uh, areas and the marginalised groups. Um, so people with low self-esteem mm-hmm. that sort of had a low self-image and had an opinion that they couldn't really you know, raise their self-image, um, it, it didn't hit those. Bec- and, and, of course, these are people who don't value their life as highly. Are these people who are t- still smoking now? And these are the people who are still smoking and these are the people who are going to die. That's so sad. It is. It's really, really sad. And so what they're trying to do is like, okay, we've got smoking down to about 12% of the population of Australia, which is great. Um, how, do we, how do we now reach marginalised um, portions of our community? So basically, you know, your Asian immigrants, um, your uh, lower socioeconomic uh, groups, how do we reach these people with a message that's going to impact them? Mm. And uh, yeah, they haven't really come up with that solution yet, but uh, it'll well, be. Well, do you think my idea of making them produce a certificate? Um, I think it's a great. I think it's a fantastic idea. I but think do they you should, think? Th- I think would, they should have a license to uh, require a license to be able to smoke. That they have to produce, uh, you know, upon every purchase. But do you think that's then going to work for these lower socioeconomic groups? Because if they don't care about their lives as much, is it? I don't know. Well, it, it will create somewhat of a. Um, uh, a black market, but mm-hmm. anything that you restrict, 
anytime you restrict anything, you're going to create a black market. Mm-hmm. Uh, black market is something that is a part of life. You're never going to get rid of it. That doesn't mean that you make good stop. That doesn't mean that you should stop from making good laws just because the black market is going to exist. But yes, I think there should be a. Uh, I think they should require a license to uh, to buy cigarettes. I mean, I don't think it should. I mean, I would. Try and, and steer. And smoke. Yeah, I would try and steer away from creating a black market simply by telling people, "Look, you can smoke. You just have to go to your doctor yeah, first. That's right. You have to get hear a, a lecture, and then he'll give you a certificate, and then you can go smoke. And just make it sound like it's going to be easy. But then once they're in the in the at the doctor's office, it's like sit down. Here's three hours of education. Yeah. And of course, smokers should pay for their own healthcare. Yeah, um, and that should be through the tax on cigarettes, which is already there. Um, and you know, programs such as the one that you're mentioning here, having a a, a license system um, and, uh, and and further health education before you know people mm-hmm. can uh, can purchase cigarettes I think the uh, anything we do to make it harder for people to smoke is a positive thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely yeah and I, I, I agree <coughs> with the uh, with the tax I do think it should be I think it should be skyrocketing high I, I know that it's already so expensive I know, I know that when sometimes when I stand at the counter and someone in front of me is buying cigarettes I'm always aghast at how much it costs when I hear them pay I had a friend who gave up smoking when all of those when that big ad campaign came in with you know all of the uh, horrid kind of mm-hmm, disease mm-hmm. and stuff and he put all of his smoking money into a jar mm-hmm. and at the end of the year he bought himself a brand new Harley Davidson whoa yeah that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much money he'd been putting up in smoke for wow. his whole life. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but most people who smoke, you know, they smoke away a house. Yeah, it's true. Yep. It's absolutely true. Did you, you're, you're looking at the quiz there. Well, we, we haven't done a clue oh, yet. We haven't done the other clue. I was okay. getting too excited, wasn't I? Clue number three. What number, number am I? The number of sons Leah bore to Jacob. Mm. How many sons did Leah bore to Jacob? Ooh, Do you know? There you go. It's an interesting one. Do you know the answer? I do know the answer. Ah, okay. Because you gave it away during the break. I did. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we have uh, some great congratulations here for Zainab um, from Elizabeth Vale in South Australia who got the quiz correct. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, good on you, Zainab. You got the quiz. I think Zainab is quite a Bible student. She calls us like once a month. So Yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic. She's and regular. Uh, congratulations there. And very quickly, um, news that has been going around for a little while is that in the Jahad uh, province of India, um, the home for pregnant unmarried women um, called the Missionaries of Charity, set up by um, Mother Teresa, has been selling babies. Selling babies? What? $800 to $2,000 each. What do you... Now, of course, they started this after the after they stopped doing adoption services when uh, India um, relaxed the laws so that single, divorced, and separated people could adopt, and they didn't agree with it, so they stopped doing that and started selling babies. That's outrageous. It is indeed. Anyway, we're going to listen to Sila at this time. <laughs> Vi 
You're listening to Sila um, here on Faith of FM, Pass Me Not a Gentle Saviour, and we have, uh, well, the, the, the quiz has been gone and done with and yeah. dealt with. And for those of you who are curious, the answer was the number six. Mm. It was indeed. Mm. Congratulations Very to good. Zainab, of course, who snapped that up. Unfortunately, not before Lyle found out the answer, so no double Yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I kind of got, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Oh. I had to tell our producer the number and you heard. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you figured it out. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, I've got two people on the phone this morning, Mon. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two, two people are currently involved in what is called literature evangelism. Oh, what's that? Okay, so maybe we'll ask them what it is. Uh, Fine and Jolie, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Uh, Fino, maybe you can just um, start us off by explaining to us what is literature evangelism? Okay, so literature evangelism uh, encapsulates um, young people, elderly people, whoever is willing, we go from door to door uh, with literature which pertains with physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. Fantastic. And. Mm, and, uh, and and you've been doing that during your, your – you're, you're currently studying at the moment, is that right, Finney? Yes, that is correct. I'm currently studying at college. I'm in my fourth year of ministry. Uh-huh. And um, during my break, I, uh, I try to use my time um, productively by, by, uh, by ministering for the Lord in His vineyard. Um, with other like-minded young people as well. Ah, that is fantastic. It's always good to uh, hear about young people that are willing to get out there and to actually share Jesus with people in the community and uh, also mm. you know, deal with physical, mental and, and, and spiritual health as well. Now, Jolie, uh, what are you doing Hi. with yourself at the moment? Yes, are you studying at the moment or what, what, uh, how did you, uh, is it, are you on a college break or, or are you a full-time literature evangelist? I'm currently, by God's grace, a full-time literature evangelist. Um, I um, actually straight out of high school um, went to Bible college and then um, did Bible work, and now God's got me doing literature evangelism. So, um, yeah, praise His name for that. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So literature evangelism is something that I've done on occasions um, throughout uh, mm-hmm. Oh, many years of ministry, I guess. And mm. one of the things that I love about it is that it's uh, it's a new adventure every day. As you begin today, you have yes. no idea who you mm. are going to meet <laughs> and uh, what appointments mm. God is going to arrange for you. Uh, Finney, coming back to you very quickly, do you have a um, yeah? Uh, what, can, do you have a story that you can tell us? Maybe something recent that's happened in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, there's a particular story which I would like to share with you. I was uh, in my last hour on a particular day. I was feeling quite discouraged as you would be, knocking door to door, getting rejected. And I actually came to this man. He was sitting out at the front of his house, and um, he was half naked. He um, he was in the he was in the summer, and he was smoking and drinking. And as I was approaching him, the first words he told me was, "Get lost. Go to the next house. I'm not interested. Get lost." <laughs> I kept I I kept walking towards him. I kept walking towards him, and he, he said the same words, and I said, so we're just doing a special work of health in your area. I'll let you have a quick look at what we're doing, and he said, go to the next house. I'm not interested. And at that very moment, I said, Lord, what should I do? And the first words that came to my mouth was Proverbs 15, verse 1, which said, a soft answer turns away wrath, and grievous words stir up anger. So I reached into my bag, 
and I put out a book called Peace Above the Storm. And I started to canvas the book. I told him that it was a beautiful illustrated book. It had devotions. It was, it was like chicken soup for the soul. And I gave it to him. I said, sir, I'll leave this as a gift for you. And as he received the book, he looked at the book and he looked up into the sky. And the first words he said was, God works in mysterious ways. Oh, wow. Amen. And um, we exchanged names. And I told him, look, I have to go to the next house. I went to the next house and I, 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 I did a U-turn, came across the road. And I came to the house directly opposite his house. And a dog was there. And I don't usually go into houses where there's dogs, especially <laughs> one barking and the tail is, is very stiff. And at that moment, the man came out. He quickly rejected me. But while I was speaking with him, I heard my name being called, Finne, Finne, Finne. And I said, no way, this man is not calling me. And he called from across the road and he said, come. He was waving to me to come. I crossed the road. I came to his house and he said to me, I am so sorry for being so rude. Remember, he was smoking, he yeah, was drinking, yeah, yeah. and he said, come into my house. So I came into his house, and as I was coming in, he said, would you like coffee, beer, or Coca-Cola? <laughs> he said, I would have water, please. <laughs> and as we were sitting down in his house, he actually revealed to me that um, his friend who he lives with, that his son had committed suicide just the week before. Oh, no. And in my head, I was saying, Lord, this is a divine appointment. Yeah. This book will help your friend. And he actually told me himself that he's been struggling. He wanted to come to church. And I told him that in this book contains promises, steps which you can take with Jesus. And I, he said, can you pray for me? So I prayed with him. And as I finished praying, he said, please write your number down and your name. I will call you when I finish this book. And um, that was one of my, my highlight experiences, and I truly believe God ordained that appointment. And there are people out there who, who really, who are desperately looking wistfully to heaven, um, asking questions whether God lives, and I truly believe that we have books and that we, we can give them hope um, just by ministering to them in a Christ-like way. Yeah, that's a fantastic story there, Fene, and it really illustrates that we are surrounded by people who are, you know, looking wistfully to heaven, looking for somebody who um, can direct them in, in, in that particular direction. I was reading um, recently about somebody on social media who was actually complaining about um, someone knocking mm. on their door, and they're like, I've never been hassled by Hindus or Buddhists or Muslims. Why is it only mm. ever Christians? And the thought that went through my mm. mind is, well, there's a very important reason for that. Mm. Christians actually care. That's why mm. they knock on your door. People who mm. don't care are not going to knock on your door. That's right. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, we should be unapologetic about caring because we have a, an incredible story to share. Mm. Uh, Jolie, what can you share with us? You must have had some adventures Hi. too. Yeah, I certainly have. Um, but just kind of on your thoughts about, um, yeah, just um, how it can be a real personal blessing as well. Mm. Um, I was thinking about how one of the things that I love about what we do is we get to be mingling with people <clears throat> like Jesus did. Mm. And we also get to be in the open air like Jesus was in the open air. Mm. Um, he wasn't confined, you know, to only to the temple. Um, and um, it's amazing because we get to go to beautiful places, but we get to see God's spirit work in ways that we know not. Mm. And um, the beautiful places that we go is a testimony of 
how God's spirit is working. Sometimes you would walk down the street and there's so many houses. You have no idea what is going on in that home. And then when we get to visit each house, we get to see what God is doing. And um, I had one man, his name was Michael, and I had prayed, God, I need you to use me today. I know that um, there have been times when I, I haven't done everything that I could do, and I want to work for you. Please, if you could use me, God, please use me again. And um, I knocked on this man's door, and he opened up. He had quite a serene look on his face, and I thought... Oh, this is this is funny. He's so calm, and I'm coming to his door. Usually, people are a bit surprised, and um, um, I said to him, "Hello, my name's Jolly. I'm just doing something healthy. Take a look." And he just grabbed the book and he just looked at me and he said, "Oh, I just have to tell you, I've I've just been learning about the universe." And he proceeded to tell me about something he had just been watching, and his mind was just blown by the incredible infinity of of the world even outside of the earth and of the whole, you know, our whole universe. Mm. And I just was like, wow, it is amazing and even more amazing to think of the God who's behind all of that. And I wasn't sure how he would respond. He just looked at me and he said, yes. And I, I've been wanting to to read more about the Bible and try to understand God. He's so, he's so vast. And I was just like, yes, here, I have a book. And this book, um, Peace Above the Storm, it can help you to get to know Jesus. And there was another one that we had called The Desire of Ages. And it's like a harmony of the Gospels in a way. It blends Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it puts it together in somewhat of a chronological order, and you get to just see the beauty of of Christ. He is the express image of God. Um, it just brings it out so beautifully. And he did buy those books, and um, he was so encouraged and so happy. And so um, it's so amazing to see God work. You know, we see him in creation around us, um, but we see him even worse. His spirit is working among the people. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most exciting things about, about literature evangelism. And, um, yeah, it was just so beautiful to meet Michael, who um, who was willing to to be one of those people to see God um, God's majesty and respond to it, yeah, you know, um, not in not in doubt, but in faith. Sure. Um, yeah, and for God to supply those books for him to come closer to Him at just the right time um, is such a blessing. <laughs> you guys have a you guys have a great ministry that you're involved in. I mean, this is just uh, everyday adventure, and 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 what a what a privilege yeah, it is. is to be able to go out and share people share share Jesus mm. with people. Um, if yeah. if somebody wanted to get involved in literature evangelism, how would they how would they start? Well, um, it's a great question. Um, we do something called Jumpstart. So literature evangelism is something that's been going on for a very long time, mm. since the 1800s even. <laughs> yes, my um, grandfather we, was a literature evangelist, believe it or not, in Tasmania there you go. on a push yeah, bike and, during the Depression. Yeah, mm. wow. Yeah. Wow. He, he must have had a lot of faith. <laughs> he had a lot um, of adventure. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was back in yeah. the day. He used to tell me about it because back back in the day, he had a push bike and he had his books and he'd go and sell books. And the way he lived was at the end of the day, the last door that he would knock on at the end of the day is where he would spend the mm-hmm. night. 
And she's like, oh, yeah, wow. I need somewhere to stay. Do you mind, if, mind putting me up? And they're like, yeah, sure, come on in. You know, wow. <laughs> life was a bit different back during the uh, Depression era. and uh, <laughs> But that's how he lived. He never had a home. He never had, you know, a, a, an apartment or a house or anything like that. He just went from door to door. He did that for three mm. years. And, uh, and 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 that's that's just how he lived. He was he was saving wow. up. He was saving up at that particular time to get married. It took him three years, three and a half years to save mm. up enough money to get married. Mm. <clears throat> so yeah, we have it pretty easy these days, don't we? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were telling me about the uh, Jumpstart program, Jolie. And yeah, um, so jump, yeah. <laughs> Jumpstart is um, it's like a short version. Um, we just have a bag of books um, and we go to the door with those. So if people would like to get involved, you would get in touch with our team leader who um, runs Jumpstart mm. in Australia. Okay, so we'll um, post that up on our social media here in just a moment, yeah. all those details. That would be um, Andrew Kachansky, would that be right? That's correct. And so he would he would provide you with materials like a little training DVD, mm. um, and you get to know um, the books. You get to know a bit more about um, how to uh, explain them to people, mm. and um, yeah, and he could come and work with you and start you off um, in your local area. So, Fantastic! Yeah. Now with yeah. the Jumpstart program, I mean, you guys, um, Finna, you're doing it during your college break. Is Jumpstart only okay. operate during uh, during um, holiday time, or is this something that goes all year? Uh, yes, there, there are programs that happen all around Australia throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get in contact with Andrew, he can point you in the right direction where they're where they're being held. Um, and the beautiful thing is that um, it takes you places where you never think you would ever go. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, I guess you you're working together as a team. Is that right? How what what size teams do do you form? Wow, so we get some really large teams. Sometimes we'll have like, wow, um, 20 or more. Um, and right now it's just five of us, so it changes. So when you work as a literature evangelist, usually you're working by yourself or you might have someone else working on the other side of the street. Um, but it is really encouraging and really great to work together in a team like what we do, what we're doing now. It's called an outreach. Um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of adventure and fun and a lot of spiritual growth together yeah um, that's, which that's is such a <laughs> absolutely fantastic yeah. um and it's good to see that uh, and i think the, the great thing about that is that you are able to give each other so much moral support so at the end of the day if you know that's one person's right. had a rough day everybody else can lift them that's up right. and share some testimonies of uh of absolutely. what has been taking place yeah. yeah well guys it's been fantastic having you on the show today thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much. No worries. Well, we'll talk again uh, maybe sometime soon. We could get you guys to come back and share some more stories. But, uh, yeah, that was very inspiring. And, um, yeah, we're going to continue on with our show. Have you ever done... uh Evangelism on. I have done literature evangelism. I did it for about a year back in 2012. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a, uh, it was, it was an incredible experience. <clears throat> and I think you know one of the things we we often overlook is the fact you know you sh- sure you're ministering to people of your community, but you're also learning so much. It's it's a it's an experience that shapes you and teaches you and molds you. And um, I you know a lot of people find it very humbling and um, 
and especially because you know you, you, you're kind of like on the front line there and seeing the miracles that the Lord brings every day is one of the most incredible experiences for your personal spiritual walk yeah absolutely and uh, I certainly um, enjoy it on those occasions when I get to be involved in it as well mm. and uh, particularly you know working in programs similar to Jumpstart when uh, I was a young person just some of the greatest memories of my entire life so if you get an opportunity grab it with both hands but we're going to listen to Marion Blythe Peppers this is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing
Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. I didn't have time in my hurry today to smile at the folks I met. And I failed to kiss someone as I rushed away and I caused her to worry and fret. I didn't have time to say how are you or note that the weather was fine. Tomorrow I planned on doing these things, but today I just didn't have time. I didn't have time to stop with a friend who needed the help I could bring, and I didn't have time, not a moment to spend, where loneliness had left its sting. Didn't have time to visit the sick or give an old panhandler a dime, and I'll wait till tomorrow or maybe next week, but today, I just don't have time. I didn't have time for upbuilding thoughts, not even a moment of prayer. I feel my whole life has gone for naught, and now it's too late to care. But as I walk down life's final mile, and I stand in God's receiving line, I somehow wonder if he just might close the gate and say, uh, remember, you didn't have time. to Faith FM, positively different radio.